Uh, hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of uh, In Conversation With. Uh, today, I'm with Ilaria Politi, uh, who, aside from many other accomplishments, uh, is a doctoral candidate uh, at the University of Warwick. Uh, she's researching rural modernities, the politics and aesthetics of extra urban experience in Italian cinema from the post-war uh, to the present. Uh, but we're not going to be talking about any of that. Today, we're going to be talking about Luca. Yeah, because Luca caught both our eye. I mean, not only is it, you know, a very enjoyable and charming uh, uh, Pixar film, uh, as you'd expect, it struck both of us as really lending itself to, to quite uh, potent uh, queer readings. Uh, and it wasn't just us. I mean, here's Marco Berger, uh, you know, uh, the, the famous director of Taekwondo and Plan B in Hawaii, uh, writing uh, on Instagram, because I'm a follower, uh, and he says, Luca, or to stop hiding, to stop being persecuted, to show oneself as one is uh, in front of others, uh, to not be fearful, to be accepted. Does it remind you of anything? <laughs> so, Ilaria, what does it remind you of? <laughs> um, yes, thank you. Thank you, Jose, uh, first of all, to, for having me today and for agreeing to, to have this uh, very interesting conversation about this very interesting uh, film. So, um, yes, yeah, so Luca, I think uh, the question of que queerness around Luca is very, uh, is very complex. And what struck me at the beginning is that um, when I first saw the film, um, I haven't, I usually don't read anything or any uh, I mean beside probably the synopsis of films I don't read any comments or review before watching a film because I don't want to uh, to spoil my experience so the first time I watched the film I didn't really um, understood the relationship with it between Luca and Alberto as a queer one um, so I just so I was surprised by the amount of um, comments and uh, critic, yeah, criticism and um, of discussion that was going on around um, around the of, uh, yeah around the film uh, coding the f the film as as a queer film. So um, then, of course, as being being an audiovisual text, sometimes uh, you can. Films can be interpreted in many ways. So, of course, when then you try to look at the films from another from another perspective, another point of view, you can see uh, some there are some red flags that help you to understand the film in another in another way. And of course, it depends probably from the uh, from the spectator uh, personal mm. experience. Um, let me let me tell you a little bit. Or let me you know frame this by my own prejudice. Yes. Right. So uh, my first prejudice is that I've always been very resistant to reading male friendship as as queer. Yeah, because you see, I like to believe that uh, love between men is uh, 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 exists in a non-sexual sense that you could have deep and emotional attachments that are love. Uh, between people of the same gender, you know, that is not uh, necessarily sexual in any way. So, you know, I, I resist this tendency by kind of queer communities to read every sign of affection or touching or so on between people of the same, you know, uh, uh, sex as 
you know, in, immediately or inherently queer, mm -hmm. right? So, uh, and then I, I think I've also been very resistant over the years, <laughs> and I'm very, you know, unfashionable in doing this to uh, um, uh, the 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 reading uh, by uh, people like Alex Doty, you know, making things perfectly queer, where you can take, uh, you know, uh, 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 the Wizard of Oz, you know, and 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 make it with a queer reading. Now, of course, I understand that you can, and you know, and people do, and you individually could, right? But you know. Uh, the Wizard of Oz is the wrong example because, of course, there is a so whole social reading of the Wizard of Oz. You know, uh, there's a whole queer reading that is also a social reading, right? But I, you know, the the reason why I was resistant to a type of Alex Doty reading is because, you know, we all we all interpret films in different ways, right? Mm -hmm. And we can all interpret it, you know, up to a point how we want. Films can have meaning to us that are very personal. Yeah, but obviously kind of, you know, what I'm interested in is the socially shared experience, Yeah, how this signifies socially, you know, and to communities and not just to the individual. Now, all of that said, right, I think that Luca lends itself to a queer reading, very powerful, socially shared. Yeah, it's kind of, it's not a, a uniquely personal reading. There are things in this film that very much, you know, uh, 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 incite yeah, a, a queer reading in yeah in a, in a way that is more than just my individual one. So, what do you what do you I, think? Of this? <laughs> I agree. I mean, uh, the film is very powerful in that sense, and I agree. There are there are a few moments that struck me the second time I saw it that um, that definitely lend themselves to to this kind of reading. For example, when um, there is a moment when the film, um, when the, when Luca and Alberto are arguing um, on the on the seashore, and suddenly Julia arrives, the other, uh, the female uh, character, and and um, and Alberto just uh launches himself in the in in the sea to to show him, to show them he is a is a sea monster and 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 Luca shames him for being a sea monster so and this is something very um, i mean resonated with uh very um real experiences of um like shaming behavior and and like real uh, experiences that people might have um, that might resonate in people in people's own experience of um, queerness but also something else or just experience of being something else of being other to like non heteronormative uh, representation of of mm -hmm. characters so uh, and this was one there are a few more um, there are actually many, and I would like to, to touch on them. But before yeah. we do so, do you want to just recount the plot a bit? I'm, I'm, I'm concerned here that our listeners, yeah, we, we want our listeners to be able to follow our discussion of individual incidents within the film. So if you could just recount the plot a little bit. Yeah, let's do it, definitely. <laughs> okay, uh, so yeah, so Luca is, is the story of... Um, 
of two uh, of a boy, uh, Luca, who is a sea creature who lives in the in the sea just off the coast of Liguria, which is uh, a northern uh, Italian region where uh, the the city of Genoa maybe is more uh, is the most famous uh, city of that uh, of that region. And he, he is forbidden to to go up to the surface because the surface and the human world and is is dangerous. Dangerous. So, being uh, a, a, a child, I don't know, a teenager, let's say, is a coming of age film. So, mm. he is in transition towards that kind of uh, age where uh, you're most attracted to adventures and to, um, yeah, to go against the parents' will, let's say. So, he he ended up in the going on the surface and meeting with this other sea creature, which is, which is Alberto. And together they discovered that uh, when they are out of the water, so wet and not wet, they um, they change their body changes and they become similar to or they become human. One might argue, so uh, the water works in the film like a sort of camouflage for um, between these two worlds. Uh, so they start to go to the surface more often, they start to play and to uh, dream about these uh, dreams of escaping, the, the reality of freedom, which is everything is uh, synthesized to this iconic uh, image of the Vespa, of the Italian freedom and mobility. And, and then in the end, they, start, they, they decide they want, to, um, they want to, to get a Vespa, they want to build First, they try to build one, but it's a little bit unsuccessful. So they decide they want to go to the real um, world, which is a seaside, a seaside town that which they can see from uh, from the island they are in, uh, which is the town of Porto Rosso, uh, and. Um, and they they land they, they swim up to the to the shore and they met, they meet with a few uh, a few other children a few other human children. Uh, first we have Ercole, which is the bossy teenager who owns a Vespa, which is the the object of their desire, and um, and they they suddenly become uh, he, he he likes to boss around new. Uh, new or diverse uh, children, so yeah, they are a little bit, I, I can't find the word now. He's a bully. Uh, yes, he's a bully. <laughs> and <laughs> then they meet this other girl, Julia, which yeah, is another child who um, Convince them to uh, enlist them in this um, in the bike race that is like an annual um, tradition for the town of Porto Rosso, which is which is yeah, a bike like a triathlon circuit made of uh, cycling, swimming, and eating pasta because of mm. course they are in Italy. Um, <laughs> so in order to win the prize, which will allow them to buy. Uh, which they believe they will, this will enable to buy a Vespa day. They help uh, Julia and they decide to participate together as a, as a team. Then there is jealousy that comes in between because uh, Luca and Alberto becomes very much, um, they are best friends. They became best friends during this journey. So the presence of the external uh, girl, Julia, becomes a kind of threat in Alberto's eyes to yeah, to his exceptional relationship with with Luca, and um, 
and then there is and then at the same time we had Lucas parents who come out of the world and of the water they experience the same um, camouflage experience of of their son and they start to to look around for him in the uh, in in Porto Rosso and and then we have the race and uh do we say the end of the film or no we just yes no we yes. can say it. it's not there's no spoilers really i mean okay <laughs> and so must be yeah most people must have seen it by now probably so uh, luca and alberto have this argument uh, yeah this argument and um they they split so luca and julia decide to participate in the race uh separately uh, they um, Luca Indians win the race thanks to the uh, let's say help yeah to to the help of Alberto who suddenly comes back and uh, in the meanwhile everyone has discovered that they are um, sea creatures or sea monster because it has started to rain so uh, of course with any uh, little tiny drop of water they their camouflage is uh, unveiled. So they, in the end, although the film seems to, at uh, the beginning, seems to uh, hint that sea creatures and sea monsters, of course, are hunted, so they're not welcomed in the uh, in the town, in the in, yeah, in the, in the human world. They they are accepted and uh, and they start. A new, a new life. Uh, Luca decides that he wants to go to school because he wasn't used to go to school uh, in the sea, and so he lives with Giulia for Genoa, which is her hometown. Uh, while Alberto decides to stay and to help Giulia's father, who is a fisherman, um, and we see in the in the closing credit that. Um, Luca continues his life in Genova, so he's very uh, much human and urban life with Giulia, whether uh, Luca has, I suppose, a fun time in Porto Rosso with, other, with the other people. Um, yeah. Okay, you know, that's, that's, that's all we need. So um, let, me, let me just mention a few things that, um, to, to me, uh, resonated, uh, you know, and made me think that this was a very queer film. So, you know, first of all, there's um, the relationship between the, the two boys. There's a, there's a wonderful scene where one of them puts their arm around one and the other one puts their arm around the other, right? So, you know, there's like this kind of finding a like one that is like oneself. Yeah, you know, finding a friend, but you know, a friend who understands and who is like oneself, right? So there's that uh, uh, moment of of duality, of kind of living in a world uh, that wants to keep you down. So in this case, the family literally wants to send him down to protect him from the tendencies he's exhibiting, which is to go into another world where he is another person, right? Uh, there's a wonderful image of the boys swimming in the ocean where, you know, as they hit the air, they become something else, right? So, you know, that also resonated, yeah, that kind of, you know, this um, uh, 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 including in oneself various ways of being, yeah, some of which are uh, denied or repressed or, you know, uh, oppressed, 
um, there's the moment where they go into Porto Rosso and the first image they see is all of these fountains and statues and they're all of tridents. They're all of, mm. you know, people uh, 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 destroying people like themselves, which is, you know, as, as potent an image of homophobia as I've ever seen, really. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a kind of a symbolization of people like you get killed here. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was very powerful. Um, then there was also the scene or the development of the friendship with Julia. Yeah, kind of, you know, very typical. Uh, and then there was also that moment you described earlier where uh, Luca disavows or outs Alberto and betrays him, right? Uh, and then, of course, there's the reconciliation. I you know, and I could go on and on, but this is a film of many instances which almost beg to be to be yeah to be read queerly. <laughs> so, what what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, there is. I was thinking about uh, homophobia and how yeah, the films definitely reinforce that this kind of um, of feelings uh, with having all the people from Porto Rosso constantly. Uh, not constantly, but quite a few times saying and repeating that they're not humans, that they're not like us. So definitely you have the element of uh, of not belonging and being something else. And, um, and then I think that um, Alberto a couple of times says, probably at the beginning, uh, reinforced the, the concept that they're not that we are not like them, we are not humans, so we are we are something else. And this we, of course, is inclusive of him is himself and Luca. And uh, so, yeah, I like the idea of, um, uh, I mean, water acting like a kind of camouflage and something that can potentially be, um, I mean, um, related to uh to 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 the act of coming out although i thought i mean i don't know the some for, for in a i don't know in a few moments i thought the film could have been bolder in stating these kind of things and um and then right at the beginning when they met on the on the rocks on the highland there is that uh that funny moment when um in what Alberto has on his um, on on the mirror on the back mirror of his uh, bi uh, just built scooter has this uh, picture of Marcello Mastroianni and he winks at him. So the, yes. this was a very nice, very I like nice all of funny that. moment. Yes, yeah. and we should say that the film is set in the 1950s because we see yeah. posters of. Uh, 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 La Strada, we see posters of Roman Holiday, there's that reference uh, to uh, Mastriani. Yeah, so the film is definitely set sometime in the 50s, yeah? Yes, yeah, definitely. Uh, and then you have the Vespa, which, I mean, was uh, probably produced earlier, but definitely by the 50s or the mid-50s became, like, definitely a, a, a status symbol of, of mobility for the post for yeah the, the Italian post-war context mm. and um, however I think that I don't know uh, I've spoken to a few uh, people not 
uh, not cinephiles, uh, but who agreed with me in the fact that, of course, the film is uh, flexible in its meanings because uh, many of uh, also all the scenes where Alberto shows jealousy towards Julia can be seen like as a typical uh, childish reaction to friendships. I mean, is how uh, children experience friendships so through. Uh, attachment to people, to, to other child, to other children, and to through uh, being jealous about the newcomers. Well, um, I think one of the things that's very interesting, I, I mean, I, I think it's, it's difficult to accuse the film of not being bolder if, it's an, if, if all of this, these queer elements were not intentional. And according to the director, uh, Enrico Casarosa, he said, you know, he's heterosexual and whilst he welcomes these queer readings of the film, he didn't intend them. Yeah, that he, you know, he, mm. what he strove to do was to create a picture of these bonds of friendships that arise when you're very young and that are transforming and enduring. And that he based it on, you know, his summers on the beach as a child you know, and his making of, you know, lifelong friendships. So, you know, it's difficult to criticize the film for not being bolder if its intention was never to be bold at all, right? Like, yeah, yeah that's true, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I think it's also kind of quite extraordinary how, how easily it chimes, yeah, with, you know, a, a queer experience and, and lends itself to queer readings, right? You know, this thing of, you know, uh, hiding from others, of not being yourself, of, you know, that kind of who you are is something dangerous to others. I mean, there are some of the words that are used, I mean, you know, kind of, uh, I remember, you know, one of the boys, when, when, when they're the rain transformed them into fish, one of them says, you're a monster, you're disgusting. And the word disgusting is one that stayed with me because that is often a word that was used, yeah, about the very idea of homosexual relationships, right? So that it's, it's disgust. So, you know, th there's a whole series of ways in which the film kind of, you know, intentional or not chimes yeah, <laughs> with particular experiences, I think. Yeah, yes. And, and, and it was nice to... Uh, I like the, the 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 end of the film. I mean, although it's not like a straightforward happy ending, but um, I I don't know. I think that in a moment like the one we are living, watching a film like this, where uh, of course it's an animation film, so maybe is uh, it, it couldn't be uh, intentionally to. Uh, pessimistic in its final meaning, but the idea of having the whole towns, the townspeople accepting, um, accepting the sea monsters and um, and recognizing uh, values of uh, community and of being uh, kind to one another and to be accepting of uh, any kind of diversity it was, it was, it was nice. It was a nice feeling. I remember when, when I watched it. Yes. What did you think of the character of Julia? Because I think she's key, really. Um, I liked it. Um, I was 
I was reflecting uh, a couple of days ago that, um, I don't know, I was just wondering why they've chosen to, to put just one strong female character, not, 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 some, not someone else, not even like a, an evil female character, for example, even just to, you know, to, to double uh, Ercole or something like that. But uh, yes, I mean, she definitely uh, embodies this uh, kind of strong uh, female um, child who likes adventure. So it's not, uh, it's quite, uh, mm, let's say, it's not, she, she doesn't comply to like heteronormative representation of uh, of um, of female child, so uh, she doesn't. I, I, I don't remember. She doesn't wear any, you know, uh, gendered colored, or yeah, uh, she doesn't like. Is. Yes, she she likes astrology, and she's interested in stars, and she uh, she she works as a delivery girl for her father. So um, he is a very strong and and positive. Uh, yes i i think there are i mean aside from julia there's also the mother and there's also the grandmother and i think both of those representations are equally interesting i mean particularly the mother who goes in search of her son and uh uh she's obviously you know the the, the powerful one in the relationship and her way of finding out who her son is is through a game of football I mean, I think the film is very conscious of those gender stereotypes and tries to overturn or overcome them, right? And so I think it does that with the mother, and it also does that with Julia, you know, who's, you know, who's who's a young girl who's in search of knowledge, who's very athletic, who's very competitive, who's very determined, yeah, but also who's very accepting of difference, yeah, and is the pivotal character through which, yeah, uh, uh, Luca finds and accepts himself and um, fixes his relationship with yeah, Alberto. Yeah. So yeah. I, I thought that was really interesting. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, I was forgetting about the, uh, the 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 mother and the grandmother and uh, I don't know, I think one thing that I find probably I don't know if it's like more uh, stereotype representation of Italian character is that there are just children and and old people in, in this town so uh, I don't know I was chatting about this with some friends and I mean it definitely has something to do with some with I don't know um, with film culture so the importance of of the child and of children and uh, and of course of the um, uh, the 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 older uh, generation. So um, I don't know. I was I was surprised. I, I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised by not seeing you know like uh, characters there are other than teenagers and so more grown up and adults yes. or young adults, let's say. Um, yes, that that didn't bother me because you know I mean the film is about Luca. Right. Um, so it, it didn't bother me that, um, you know, that there weren't uh, uh, different age groups represented. And in fact, I think you could see uh, that the villain is older. Yeah. Uh, and yes. Ercole. 
uh, and his buddies are older and, you know, and they're bullying and they run the town. Did you see any significance in the name? So it's Ercole Visconti. Right? Yeah, so that, the film, I don't remember the name of the other two. One is probably Ciccio or something. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, the film plays with Italianicity in a marvelous way and definitely with Italian culture, uh, with Italian film culture. Uh, so yeah, Visconti and the film, I think the film is in dialogue with I mean, the, the, the location of uh, Cinque Terre, though, is, is in northern Italy, but also the, the concept of um, the, the, the job of fishermen. And it reminds me a lot of Agitrezza and uh, Visconti della Terra Trema. So yeah. there is a lot of, uh, there are a few, like, uh, hinted references there. Yes. Um, the director mentions uh, La Terra Trema as, as a direct influence. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I think you could see that in a way in the milieu of the fishermen and the shots of the ocean and the rocks and yeah, there are kind of echoes of that I think in the film. Um, but the film also struck me as being in love, you know, with the Italy of of Mastriani, of uh, you know, film via Veneto, of the Vespa, of Mina, yeah, kind yes. of. You know, I mean, you're the specialist in this. What did you make of the Italian aspects of the film? I think uh, I like that the film is, yeah, is in dialogue, in dialogue, not just with, I mean, both with, uh, let's say, mass culture and with more high culture. Mm. Uh, so, uh, I don't know, I think we could, we could argue that the film, the film appeals both uh, a very wild, wide uh, audience, so both you know Italian audience and also uh, more Anglophone uh, spectators who maybe are uh, have had an experience of Italy, which is more a touristic experience of Italy. Mm. Uh, so both like an internal and an, an external um, perspective, and yeah, and there are. Uh, a lot of I was just trying to list them, but there, there are too many. There are a lot of references to uh, not just, just of course film history, but arts and literature, and of course music. And um, yeah, and I, I was just trying to rewatch the film, just looking at the um, all the the name of the places and the toponyms mm. of of Porto Rosso, and every signs, every street names echoes like. A famous um, author, a famous writer, or um, arts and paintings, and there are lots of uh, reference to Leonardo da Vinci as well. Mm. Has like probably like a forerunner of uh, yes. of Italian design, talking about Vespa. Yeah. And one of the fishes is called Mona Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so yeah, so it plays with the picturesque of Italy, of course, because being Le Cinque Terre, like a very um, a place that is very famous abroad for his touristic aspects and his picturesque aspect, uh, but also with, uh, with definitely with more, uh, yeah, we could say more with high culture, so with. Um, um, yeah, Calvino and uh, Julia's uh, last name is actually Marco Valdo, so one of Calvino's uh, famous novel. And yes, I liked I liked that. Although I don't know, 
What reservations do you have? Yes, yeah. <laughs> regarding, I, I don't know, I mm, just talking about Italian history and talking about how the film speaks about, how the film um, uh, shows uh, his historical setting of the, of the 50s or mid 50s and just Picking up as an example the references to Calvino and all the criticism that Calvino in the 60s uh, moved towards uh, building speculation and especially towards uh, building speculation that happened especially in that region in Liguria and around the Cinque Terre, so all these um, houses and buildings that were uh, just very widely uh, constructed on on the on Italy's shore by ruining all the um, the natural heritage of the of of the region. Uh, I thought there would have been just a few comments about a few comments of this, given that there are so many references to Calvino and also to um, I don't know. I think the film somehow uh, like telescopes how to the Italian history to come about what will happen with you know with the 60 and the 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 develop the industrial development and the economic economic miracle especially in that area uh, but I wish it was more uh, there were more just comments or references to uh, to that especially because I think the there is a direct in, there as an explicit ex, explicit intention to um, to set the film in that place and in that year, in those years. But certainly, I think one of the interesting things about the film is that at least, you know, as an outsider, I get the impression that it's set on the cusp of that, right? There's a reference at the beginning of the film where the mother says, oh, before we only used to get a boat, you know, once every few weeks, now we're getting them every day, right? I, yeah. you know, and yeah. when the, yeah, when, when, um, when the children get into the town, you do get the sense that the town itself is living, you know, at this moment of change. So, you know, a way of life that is, you know, almost from time immemorial, the fishing and so on. And yet, you know, with with a Vespa yeah, on the way, right? with the dream of the Vespa and all that that symbolizes. So, you know, I think the film is I mean, that's one of the interesting things. And I think one of the one of the ways that it also lends itself to a queer reading yeah it's in the liminal space it's in a space of transition it's yeah yes. kind of you know nothing is fixed things are in the process of change yeah but they're in the process of change yeah it's kind of uh, um yeah so i thought that was that was very i mean i see what you mean but i i i also found that interesting yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. There is also there is there is always there are multiple ways of yeah of, of looking of of these examples and yeah. I was also thinking of what you just said about um, uh, about Julia's father being a fisherman and he's complaining about not finding enough fishes in the sea to fish mm. and to to sustain and to support his family. So uh, that again. Uh, could have been the film could have been bolder in expanding that mm. uh, that problem. I mean, why there are no more fishes in the sea? <laughs> uh, but so from let's say more an eco-critical perspective. But um, 
it's it definitely it is interesting that uh, that this has been uh, brought up. Uh, so so what are the reservations that you have? I mean, I, I see I definitely see why the film can be um, why the film can be read has uh, um, lends itself to a queer reading, and I. I agree with all everything we have uh, we have mm, we have discussed so far. Uh, I think that yeah, just from like uh, from the point of view of the historical depth of the film, that could have been uh, it could something more could have been done. But I also uh, am aware that is is a film for uh, not just for children but also for children. So. Uh, I think more importantly, it's a film that is intended for the world and not just for Italians. Yeah, which I think, yes. you know, so it's a difference of address. And I do think that, you know, an engagement with all the social and political issues that you, um, that the film doesn't have, you know, but if it had had them, then it would require quite specialist knowledges to engage with them, which I think would mean, you know, that it would be even more difficult to engage a worldwide audience, which I think is what yeah. the film, which I think is what the film intends. Yeah. Um, so, um, I meant to to ask you also because well, you know one of the things that I was reading is that just as the film lends itself to a queer reading, it's also lent itself to a reading of migration and immigration. Mm -hmm. You know, and I just wonder what you thought of that. Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, uh, I think in not in the, not as strongly as a as a queer reading, but it definitely uh, we could uh, conceive Luca and Alberto as as foreigners or as migrants. Um, although there, there there is the problem of uh, of the language. I mean, uh, yes, again, I, see, again, I see what you mean. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they speak, uh, they definitely speak American English while all the others um, human um, humans uh, speak, of course, English with, with an Italian accent, with a thick Italian accent. So there is, of course, the eternal question of um, the, the American... I don't know, the American gaze onto Italy has a touristic place. I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't want yes. to go too too far into that. But yeah. It's yes. definitely there, I think. Yeah, it's there. Oh. And um but of course, uh yeah, they can be uh they can be seen as um as migrants and the same kind of um uh, hostility that uh, people initially have towards them being sea monsters or being uh be being queer can be applied to them being migrants especially through the characters of Hercules Hercules so through the villains we have these scenes where they walk the street of Portorosa at night and uh, they uh, they meet with Hercules and his gang and he starts to to threaten to to threaten them and he use um I don't remember the the, the words the expression he Hercules uses but it's something quite uh he starts to to bullying them and he he is somehow coded has uh has a mobster no or has mm. uh as a as the typical Italian uh uh, villain who I don't know in the mainstream uh, 
let's say, as a mainstream representation may connected to Italian Italy can be read as. It's interesting. As it's interesting because I read or one of the things that I found interesting. I might be wrong, but I also read the Ercole character as presented in a kind of, um, you know, a cliche that you see in American cinema. You know, somebody who is, you know, la bella figura and, you know, uh, but also very camp, right? Mm. So, I mean, and uh, by camp here, I mean playing with the form of the way that things should be and kind of, you know, subverting them a little bit. You, you're, you're meant to think that it's a stereotype of yes. yeah, uh, this, this representation. Uh, so I thought that was, I mean, I, I thought that was interesting because it kind of, it brings it back to the queer dimension. Is this, in, is this campness intentional or is it just a way of trying to work with the form to be funny? Yeah, I, I couldn't yeah. quite decide. <laughs> but it definitely, if you think again of, of, if you think again about language, so you definitely, uh, you can definitely see the films also through this lens because uh, they, they as they arrive on the on on, on Porto Rosso, uh, they start to just saying this expression. They're just repeating them or uh, parroting these these swear words in Italy, who doesn't mean anything, or they're just said out of context. And so how, yeah, it might be in a similar way how a people how a person who is not um, who doesn't live. In, in the place or in the country would probably uh, uh, do or try to do in order to communicate and to um, to mix with with, with the locals. Okay, um, I see we're, we're getting to almost 15 minutes. So okay. uh, are there maybe a couple of last things that you want to mention? Like why, you know, why is this film so interesting? Not only in relation to a queer reading, but beyond that, yeah, I think I mean it definitely has like an appeal for, uh, if not a world audience, but definitely a Western audience, especially people who are uh, interested in uh, not just Italian cinema and all the references to Italian film history, but also to uh, to Italy as a whole, as a whole. Uh, so language, art, and literature. It definitely has has been very uh carefully designed the film there is a lot of in there's a lot of details in uh the textures of uh just the cloth or the i don't know this obsession that i cannot understand with laundry lines across the buildings and um and yeah it's very it's very there are very nice details that uh emerge from the film and yeah the film is it's very pretty. It's, it's beautiful. Yes. Well, and I think that's one of the many reasons to see it, actually, because it's so interesting that this lovely, charming, you know, very pretty uh, coming of age film that is so delightful. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so in, in many ways, it's kind of like an archetypal Pixar film or something. And on the other hand, you know, it can be seen very much as a queer film. And those two things are not 
what one usually places together. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, one of the reasons why I find the film so interesting. Um, yeah. All right, Ilaria. Well, thank you very much. That was kind of really interesting. Uh, and uh, I really appreciate uh, you coming onto the podcast. Thank you very much, thank Ilaria Polizzi. <laughs> thank you, Jose. <laughs>